The Home Ranch by Ralph Moody, University of Nebraska Press, 1956. Lord God, you give us different skills and gifts and abilities. You're the one who uh, gives them to each one of us according to what you determine is right and best and good. And so if any of us have the ability to, uh, to act, to think, to work, to um, even to love others and to have an emotion, Lord, it is from you. And so we worship you. We acknowledge your goodness, your rightness to do it the way you know best. And I pray that you would glorify yourself as we learn to use the talents we have um, in your kingdom. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. All right, we're on chapter 14, Dirty Squealing Pig. Jenny had a fine dinner ready when Mrs. Bent and the children came home from church, but Hazel would hardly give me a chance to eat it. She took my plates away before I'd had seconds and kept making signs for me to hurry. I was still hungry when I left the table and a little grumpy when I went out to saddle Pinch and Pinto. Before I'd been at the corrals ten minutes, Hazel came running from the house. She'd changed into overalls and blue shirt and yapped at me. What's the matter with you? You're slower than a blind mule. How can I learn stunt tricks if you're going to spend all day getting saddled up? If you don't let me finish my dinners, you'll never learn I yapped back. How do you think I'll ever gain any weight if you grab my plates away before I'm half full? Jiggers, she said. I didn't think about that. Want I should run and fetch you a hunk of meat? No, I told her, but I rode all morning and could have eaten twice as much. Hmm. Practicing when I had to go to Sunday school? Yes, on clay, and I didn't do very well. Nobody never does, but Pa. Then why did you tell me to pick him, I snapped. <clears throat> oh, just because, Hazel smirked. Then she flared at me. Don't be fiddling with them cinches all day. It's close on three o'clock already. We cantered half a mile up the trail when Hazel looked back and called, What did you do to Pinto's forehoofs? He's dog hopping like they was they was burnt. Nothing, I said, but your father filed them down so we wouldn't sprain his knees while we're practicing. Hazel whirled Pinto around fast enough to nearly throw him. Her face was so white under the freckles that it looked like a turkey's egg, and her eyes were squinted half shut. Then she spit out, as if she wanted each word to hit me right in the face. You dirty, squealing pig! I'd expected Hazel to be mad, but not that mad. In a hurry to say, I guess you don't know your father very well. If you did, you wouldn't have tried to fool him about magpies this morning. He knew you were making that up, and he knew what we were doing out there yesterday just as well as we did. Do you think I'm crazy enough to lie to a man like that when he asks me questions? The color came back under Hazel's freckles, and she looked more worried than mad. What did she say? she asked. After her calling me a squealing pig, I just wanted to keep her worried for a little while, so I said, that I should have filed Lady's hoofs down before I took a chance on ruining her. No, I mean about us. Well, he said to tell you to be careful about putting Pinto into quick stops or you'd get shaken up. Don't beat around the bush, she snapped. What did he say about lear me lear learning me trick stunts? Well, he said I couldn't show you the somersault. Then I waited a minute and added, out in the brush. But I can teach you it to you at the corrals when he or one of the other men is around. I'd expected Hazel to get excited when I finally told her, but she hung her head and her voice was almost a whisper. And I said, you were a dirty, squealing pig. Then she looked up and said, but I take it back, Ralph. 
And I'm glad I can, because I hate a squealer worse than anything else in the whole world. Worse than a weasel, I asked her. Well, a weasel's a sneak, and so is a squealer, and I hate sneaks. Wouldn't it have been a little bit sneaky to let your father think we were going after a magpie when we were coming out here to practice, I asked. Well, yes, she said slowly. I suppose it would. She seemed to be thinking about it for half a minute. And sometimes I hate my own self, she added. Then she spurred Pinto and raced on down the trail. Hazel led the way to the valley where we'd practiced the day before, but I wasn't happy as I followed her. When we'd talked about my showing her the somersault trick, I'd only worried for... I'd only worried for fear I'd bobble it. But after talking to her father, it scared me. If everything worked just right, the trick wasn't too dangerous, but there were a lot of ways for it to go wrong. Hazel could land on her head and break her neck. She could get caught in the saddle gear and be thrown under the horse's feet. Or she could leave the saddle too soon and be trampled if he failed to stop. I'd first learned to do the trick by myself, just from watching High Beckman do it once. But I'd taken some pretty bad spills and learning. Some of the worst ones were because I didn't have the horse trained well enough. Most of them were because I got scared and let my muscles tighten up at the last moment before I left the saddle. If that happened, I didn't duck my head and shoulders enough to spin all the way over or my knee or my knees grabbed the saddle and kept me from being thrown clear. I'd done the trick at least a hundred times when I landed on my feet and probably a thousand times when I hadn't. But I'd never practiced without doing the somersault. As I rode along behind Hazel, I began to think that maybe the trick could be learned without somersaulting. I couldn't teach her anything while she was spinning in the air. There was no time for thinking while I was doing it myself. The thinking had to be done before I left the saddle. That was why I'd somersaulted when the pheasant flew up in front of the pinch. I'd been thinking about the trick, and when I was throwing hard and loose enough, my muscles did the right thing all by themselves. It seemed to me that I could teach Hazel most of the trick without her leaving, ever leaving the saddle. If I could, it wouldn't be very dangerous and would save her a lot of bad spills. As soon as we reached the valley, we began running the horses and stopping them short. Pinto reared and plunged on the first few stops. But Hazel knew how to handle him and stuck to the saddle as tight as a burr. When he'd settled down, she snapped. This ain't learning him nothing new. I thought we came out here to learn him trick stunts. We did, I told her. But before we start, there are some things you ought to know about it. It's a real dangerous trick. I nearly broke my neck 50 times before I learned it, but I think I've figured out a way for you to learn without getting hurt. Everything depends on the moment before you leave the saddle. If you and Pinto can learn to get up that to that very moment just right, the worst thing that could happen to you would be land to land sitting down. But if... I ain't scared about the worst thing that could happen to me, Hazel cut in sharply. I've tumbled off a horse a million times. All I want to be showed... It, all I want is to be showed the Somerset trick. <clears throat> then you'll have to get somebody else to show you, I told her. I will. I never will until I'm pretty sure you can do it without getting hurt. Hazel's voice wasn't sharp anymore, and she said, I'm sorry, Ralph. Go on and tell me. Well, I said, the only thing that makes the trick work is being thrown out of the saddle so hard you'll stay in the air long enough to somersault all the way over. Everybody thinks the hardest part is spinning over and landing on your feet. But it isn't. The hardest part is learning to stay loose in the saddle right through the stop. Humph, if that's all there is to it, I'll bet you my life I can do it after two tries, Hazel told me. But it'll probably take me a whole week to learn Pinto his part. Reckon I can be doing the Somerset by the time Batch gets back from the trip he's on? <clears throat> no, not for at least two months, I told her. I practiced the whole summer before I ever landed square on my feet. Hazel pinched her mouth uh, up tight. Then she said, Bet you my life, 
It don't take me no two months, not nor one neither. But if we don't quit filling around and get to practicing, I'll never get Pinto learned. Well, I said, we'll have to start off real easy till we find out how hard we'll bump against the pommel when we stop. I'll do the hissing, and the only thing you'll have to remember is to stay loose in the saddle. Hazel didn't answer, but pulled Pinto around to face the little valley. Her lips were pinched together, and she had a tight hold of the reins. You'll never do it tightened up like that, I told her. You'll have to slump loose in the saddle. I ain't tightening up. Quit killing time, she snapped. I started the horses away at a slow, rocking canter. Then, before they'd gone a dozen lengths, I hissed. Pinch stopped as if he'd run into a wall. And, even at that slow gait, I slammed hard against the pommel of my saddle. Pinto didn't do quite so well, but Hazel braced her feet in the stirrups and threw her shoulders back. She knew what she'd done, and as she turned him back, she spluttered, How's anybody going to stay loose and haul in an ordinary critter like this one? Maybe it's a good thing he didn't stop too quick, I told her, because I'm not a bit sure my idea is going to work. I bumped pretty hard against the pommel. Humph, she sniffed. You didn't look bad hurt to me. I'm not, I said, but we weren't going fast enough to do the trick. If we had been, I'd have hit the pommel hard enough to break a girl in two. What do you think girls are made of? Glass, she yapped. Betcha my life, I don't get busted up no quicker than you do. All right, I told her. I guess you'll have to find out for yourself. I didn't have a chance to get the horses away easily on the next run. The moment we turned, Hazel yiped and started them off at a gallop. I didn't dare let them pick up any more speed, so I hissed before they'd gone four lengths. Hazel shot forward in her saddle, doubled over the horn, and clutched Pinto's neck. I didn't go quite that far, but banged hard against my saddle pommel. When Hazel straightened up, she was yopping for breath. But as soon as she caught it, she lit into me like a wildcat. You cheater, you cheater, she shrieked. You hissed when I wasn't ready, and you done it a purpose. You done it trying to make me scared to learn the trick. No, I didn't either, I told her. I did it so you wouldn't hit that pommel any harder. Hazel pinched her lips up again, and she sat looking at me as if she couldn't make up her mind. Then she said, well, anyways, I, it ain't fair for you to hiss when I don't know you're going to. I knew that Hazel would brace herself a little bit and hit the pommel easier if she knew when the stops were coming. So I said, all right, you do the hissing, but at first, you'd better try it at a slow canter. We made three or four more runs but Hazel, with Hazel doing the hissing, but each time she braced herself in the stirrups before she hissed. I knew that if I told her what she was doing, she'd get mad. So I watched her near stirrup, and the instant it tightened, I lifted my reins an inch. Pinch was trained to stop short on that lifted rein. Before I heard Hazel's hiss, I felt his rump settle down as he set his legs for the quick stop. We were three lengths back of Hazel when she finally hissed and stopped Pinto. You dirt, you're cheating again, she hollered. You pulled Pinch up before I hissed. Sure I did, I said. I knew you were going to do it as well as you did. You did not neither. You ain't no mind reader. You're just a cheater, that's all, she jabbered at me. All right, I told her. Let's try it again. The next time worked just like the one before. I think Hazel was more peeved at herself than at me. But she blazed. You cheater, you cheater. You ain't trying to learn me. You're just trying to make me look silly. No, I'm not, I said. As soon as you think about hissing, you brace yourself for the stop. All I have to do is watch for you to kick your foot into the stirrup. I didn't do no such thing, she snapped. Then she sat tight lip for a minute, and asked, How many more tries do you reckon we can do get done today? As many as you want, I said, but it's going to be pretty tough on your legs and stomach. Hazel wouldn't stop practicing until long after I thought we should have quit, but she couldn't help tightening up a little bit every time, 
After more than a dozen tries, she was so mad at herself, she was nearly crying. That's enough, I told her. You're so tired and beat up now that I, you couldn't stay loose to save your life. I am not. I am not, she shrieked. If you can do it, I can do it. Even if it kills me, I ain't going to stop till I can do it. You don't think I learned it in one day, do you? I asked. I've been practicing this trick for more than three years, and I still can't stay loose every time. Well, I ain't even staying loose one time. Leastways, not if I done the hissing, and I ain't going to stop till I do. I remembered what Mr. Bent had said to me that morning and told Hazel, Don't go raring as, at it as if tomorrow be the day of judgment. Your father knows what we're doing, and he might be worried about us. Guess you don't know much about Pa, she said. If he said you could learn me, he ain't going to worry about it afterwards. But I suppose we best get back or I'll go to Fredden. We were about halfway to the buildings when Hazel pulled Pinto back beside Pinch and asked, Is it sneaky not to tell somebody something so they won't worry? Well, I said, I guess it would depend on whether you just didn't tell or told a lie about it. Why? Well, if Ma finds out about this trick ride business, that'll be the end of it. I don't want to be sneaking, but I don't want her to find out about it neither. I was pretty sure Hazel was right, and I did want to teach her the trick, so I said, As long as your father knows, I think it would be all right if you just didn't mention it to your mother, or to Kenny. Hazel grinned, nodded, and spurred Pinto on toward the corrals. I had banged the saddle against the, against the saddle pommel so much that my legs ached, and I knew that Hazel's must too. But I didn't realize how bad it was until we climbed out of the saddles. Both of us were as stiff as tin soldiers, and when we tried to walk, we waddled like ducks. I was putting the saddles in the harness shop when Hazel went to the house. But I heard Mrs. Bent call to her in a real sharp voice, What in the world have you children been doing to get yourselves so crippled up? I listened as hard as I could, but Hazel spoke too low for me to hear. Mr. Bent was waiting by the chuck house steps when I went to supper, and his face was set hard. Didn't reckon tomorrow would be the day of judgment, did you? he asked. No, sir, I said, but I guess we rode a little more than we should have. Reckon that's a good guess, he told me. Better put some liniment on them legs and turn in early tonight. If you're that raring to ride, I'll see you get a belly full of it before the week's out. <laughs> a very perceptive dad. I love you guys.